Yeah, thank you, Kim. Don't you love Kim? Yeah. A little bit of that southern stuff coming out of her New Orleans style. Just a little bit, yeah. Hey, next week, you will not want to miss. She is speaking next week. She's going to bring the word next week. It's going to be pretty exciting. Yeah, come and put your trays up and your seats up and buckle up because you're going to take off. Y'all. <laughs> okay. Wow. What a great morning. Thank you, worship team. Just love you guys so much. Love you, love you, love you. And uh, love being here with you today. <laughs> good, that's a good thing, man. <laughs> Did you guys get introduced at all? Well, you need to stand up. These are our home folk. These guys were such a part of our church for so long, and then they got, you know, by the way of all flesh and <laughs> left left the will of God, and actually the government moved them to another part of the United States. We're so glad to see you guys here. Welcome home, really. Welcome home. It's good, too, to have Maggie from Fiji with us this morning and those that have come with her. Maggie is one of my daughters in the Lord. We just love her so much. She has been a part of our school and ministry there forever, from the very beginning. She served there. She's a prophetess in the house there, and we love you so much, Maggie. Thanks for being here with us today. You're making me homesick. Yeah. I get to go back in in October, though. Yeah, I get to go back. So thankful. Looking forward to it. Uh, I want to just quickly let you know, you know, we, we have been uh, focused on uh, raising some money to put, position ourselves with our bank where, like we were supposed to be. If you remember, several weeks ago, I presented the need and talked about not only that, but of where we need to go from there. And uh, it's just so exciting. Uh, I was uh, on a phone conversation, on a Zoom conversation with one of our apostolic uh, directors and uh, Jamie Van Gelder, who's going to be here next month, by the way. Jamie will be with us and his wife, Nikki. And uh, he asked me, he said, now, what size of offering would say to you that the breakthrough has come? And I immediately sensed it in my spirit. I had no hesitation. I said a $50,000 offering, other than our tithes, normal tithes and offerings. And so when Ivan Tate was here, I had no idea Ivan was going to do what he did. Uh, and when he did, and when he, when he hit the $50,000 mark, I have to tell you, I felt like I was going to come out of my skin. <laughs> because it was a witness of the Spirit that what I had said was a declaration from heaven. And it came to pass. Yeah. And we are... We are really close to hit, hitting that level in, those, in that which has come in. So continue to fulfill those uh, commitments that you made. We appreciate that. And then uh, 
but I want to say that 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 was the breakthrough we needed. Now it's time for follow through. Turn to somebody and say, follow through. Now say it like you mean it. Follow through. (laughs) And it is time to follow through with uh, growing a consistent giving in the house that's enough to sustain the needs of the house and then begin to fulfill the vision and dreams of the house. And we all get to be part of that. Don't you love being part of a miracle? That's what it's like. You know, we, we say we have decided to be the ones telling the stories, not the ones just hearing of the stories. And so right now we stand in a time where we get to determine the, the destiny and the legacy of this house to what it's going to be. And we get to be in the first miracle of that time of building the legacy. So that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. I don't think you're all that excited. Uh, Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. Appreciate it. Love spontaneity. Yeah. So so before I speak on legacy this morning, I want to... I want to share some thoughts on tithes and offerings, and then we're going to receive our tithes and offerings and our uh, war chest giving this morning. We're going to do it all together. Uh, But I want to share some things and some thoughts and take some time to do that today, if you'll allow me to do that. I mean, why do I say that? Of course, you're here and I'm up here, so (laughs) it kind of works that way. Yeah. As a leader, motivation is, is so critical. And especially when we start talking about money. Uh, so let me speak of my, my motivation, why I do it. There are two responsibilities that I and Ryan and the Council of Elders have when it comes to finances. The first one is to steward every dime that is put in our trust through our giving into the house. And I say our giving because every one of our leaders gives tithes and offerings. We're not separated from that. And those that are supported by the church in their wages also give tithes and offerings into the church. So it's, it's our doing together. And every one of those dimes that come in, we give God thanks for those things. And we take responsibility for them before God to be true to what he would have us to do to those things. But the second thing is the most important responsibility that we have. And that is to care for the people of God that God has put in our care and to teach biblical principles and values. And even in this area of finances, to teach those values and principles that will bring financial health and prosperity to each one of the members of the congregation. See, my, it's important for us to understand that we can, we can live in a, in a building, in a place where we've seen miraculous things happen, where there has been supernatural provision and you not experience it. That breaks my heart. We want to see financial health and prosperity to those who apply those principles and give opportunity. And then we need to give opportunity for all of us to apply those principles and to practice what we believe. How many of you think we should practice what we believe? Now, some of them might say, well, Dave, that's a conflict of interest for you to to speak on giving to the church because you get 
a salary from the church. And I would say, yeah, I suppose that could be, except for motivation. It depends on the motivation of the heart, right? And I've always had to deal with that. I've always tried to keep my heart pure before the Lord. And some might say, you only want this morning a bigger offering. So you're talking about tithes and offerings. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I hope it is a bigger offering. It's my desire. Because I do have the responsibility for the maintenance of the house. But it's not my motivation. This is the greatest motivation I have when addressing finances in this house. That every one of us can move from lack to abundance. That every one of us can go from financial bondage and restriction into freedom. That is my motivation. I want to see that in you. I want to see it in myself. That each of us move into prosperity of a soul. In all things. In all things. Even our finances. So this morning when we give our tithes and our offerings, I want us to do it with revelation. Not with just habit. It's a good habit. It should be a habit in our lives. But it shouldn't be a habit just because it's habitual. It should be a habit because we have understanding. We have revelation as to why we're doing what we're doing. Now, some of you are getting nervous because I'm talking about your money. But that's okay. That's okay. I'm going to trust the Holy Spirit to speak the words into your heart that I may not be able to say or that I have not said properly or that... I've said and it scared you, but the peace of God will come into your spirit. So, Father, I pray right now as we, as we just talk about this thing as a family, that your spirit would reveal truth to every one of our hearts. And where we have believed a lie, let that be transformed in the name of Jesus. Where we have just simply lived without understanding. God, give us understanding this morning and reveal your purposes and will in our hearts today. We yield ourselves to you. Amen. Amen. So every, you know, every week we talk about tithes and offerings. And I think within a congregation, there's always various levels of understanding of what that means. There's everything from people who've, who've operated in those things all of their life. They were raised in it. They've given their tithes and offerings because it's They they just have the joy of doing so. And then there's those that all the way to the other side, what are they talking about? You know, you don't know. You don't understand what those things are. And uh, you come and you hear those words, you go, okay, well, I don't know what this bag is that's being passed in front of me. I don't know what that's for. Do I take something out of it or do I put something in it? You know, right? There's different levels of understanding in this area. So I want to clarify a few things this morning. Just uh, within, I'm going to take a few minutes to do this if it's all right with you. Again, I'm here and you're there. <laughs> so, what are tithes and offerings? Simply stated, tithe is 10% of our personal increase that belongs to God and is God's strategy for the support of the local church. Offerings are our, gen- our generosity expressed. By giving out of our, the 90% that he allows us to steward to meet needs, financial vision, uh, support of other ministries, that kind of thing. And this is seed planting that activates the principle of harvest and seed time. 
So that's just real simply stated. So let's talk about the tithe a little bit more this morning. The tithe is seen throughout scripture. It's, it actually started prior to the law. And Jesus spoke of it after he fulfilled the law or when he was ready to fulfill the law. So, but let's, let's look at a couple of scriptures together. Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30 says this, one-tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain from the fields or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord and must be set apart for him as holy. The word holy means to be set apart. It means to be separated. There is a percentage of what God puts in our hand that absolutely belongs, well, it all belongs to him. This is the truth. Everything, we belong to him. So everything we hold in our hand belongs to him. But there is that which he asks of us that demonstrates our, our submission to his lordship, that demonstrates our relationship with him, and it's 10% of what comes into our hand. And it's, uh, it belongs to God by right of creation. He created it all. By right of redemption, he's redeemed it all. And by right of ownership, he owns it all. So we give, when we give our tithe, we're saying, we recognize you as the owner of it all. You are our Lord. And we are your kids. Then there's Malachi, one you're very familiar with. Chapter 3, verse 10 through 11. In fact, I'm going to read back just a little bit farther. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. So bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now or test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you, for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. So notice, I mean, there's a, there's a whole bunch in there. We'll get to it another time. But let me just say this. Let me notice a couple of things here. One, that the tithe belongs to the Lord and it's brought into the storehouse. Well, what's the storehouse? In context, this storehouse is the temple. It's the place where the people received their spiritual resource. And it was to supply <clears throat> provision for the priests and for, their, and for the spiritual uh, and, and served them. Excuse me. It was, yeah, take another drink. You have no idea what's in this thing. And Maggie... It's from Fiji, Fiji water. It's to supply provision for the priests that serve there and to meet the needs of the house. Today, that would be the local church. And notice this too, that God challenges us to test him in this. Do you understand what he's saying here? He's saying, prove it. Let me prove it to you that I keep my word. Test me in this. In other words, do it and show me to be faithful. He dares us to tithe. He dares us. He's like the God of the universe is saying to you and me, I want to prove that I can keep my word. So test me, prove me in this. 
I dare you. He says to his people, I dare you. Let me show you. He's like, it's pretty cool. That's good. It's good. So he challenges us. So why is this so important to God that this is the only place in scripture you'll find it where he asks us to challenge him, to test him. Interesting, huh? And it has to do with money. Say, well, churches shouldn't be talking about money. Well, the word does and Jesus does and so, okay. But why is this so important to God? It's for the two reasons we talked about it. It's to provide for the house, that his house would be full and that those who practice the tithe will have ample provision and protection from a thief. Ample provision, protection from a thief. I like what Ivan said a few weeks ago. He says, you're going to tithe to somebody. You right now are tithing to somebody. You're either being robbed or you're giving it over as honor to the Lord. And then Matthew 23, 23, what sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites? For you are so careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. What is he saying? He's saying both things are important. Yes, continue to tithe. So Jesus in in those few words is revealing that the tithe continues beyond the law because it was established before the law. It was established and is today beyond the law. And that's the good thing about it. This is not a law, it's a covenant with God. He's making a covenant with us that has blessings attached to it. So you say, well, if I don't law, am I break, if I don't tithe, am I breaking the law? No. But you're not stepping into covenant with God who wants to bless you abundantly. Abundantly. So now let's, let's uh, bring this into the legacy thing we've been talking about. How many of you have enjoyed these, these lessons on legacy? Aren't they mean great? Wow, last two weeks, Ryan has just absolutely gobsmacked us with his revelation. And I would encourage you that if you haven't been here, uh, one, repent. Number two, number two, you can get those online. I encourage you for the last two weeks to get the teaching that Ryan's brought on legacy. It's just been fantastic. But I want to talk just real quickly about a legacy that was left to Deb and I from our parents, His, her parents and my parents. They were both people who understood this principle of tithe. And they carried it out throughout their life. Whether they had a little or they had a lot, they knew that 10% belonged to God. And they were faithful to that and in their offerings. And we watched them as we grew up in difficult times. Still write out. That was a day we wrote out checks, right? (laughs) Writing out the check. Taking it to church. And with, with Thanksgiving, giving it to the church. We watched that. It was a legacy. Remember, legacy is something we leave in somebody. It's not something we leave for them. It's not something we give to them. It's something we give in them. And they left that legacy with Deb and I. They practice it in lean times and abundant times. And this is a legacy that Deb and I 
as Ryan says, we have to activate the legacy we're handed. Deb and I have activated this legacy in our life, and we've seen the fruit of it. We watched our families be provided for in times when others struggle, in times when, when the, the economy of the nation was down, they were provided for. We watched it happen, and it became a legacy for us. And so we activate that legacy. And here's what I want. I want to just share real quickly four quick things of what we learned from that, what we've adopted of that legacy. And I encourage you to do the same. First of all, that the tithe is not a law, but a covenant. I've already said this, that God has made to our families. And we have watched God fulfill his covenant over and over and over and over again. You know I've told you stories. I'm not going to take time to tell the stories this morning. But I could tell you stories. We could spend the next hour of amazing, outrageous stories of God's provision in our family, in our parents' family, when we were growing up in those families. It was a covenant that God has made. And he will not be called a liar. The second thing we learned in this is that tithe is not a burden, but a joy. Our parents never reluctantly gave their tithe. It was never a have to with them. It was a get to. It wasn't a have to. It was a get to. And I watched my mom and dad. I watched my mom and dad all through my life. And they would encourage me, son, you, you made a dime today. A penny comes, it belongs to God. And we would joyfully respond to that and give our tithe. I watched my mom and even the last years of their lives when their, their income was limited and fixed income. We'd go over to their house and we'd visit with them or we'd go over to help them with their meals or in the last year, for sure, we were there every day. And making sure that they were taken care of. Make sure their medicines. You know how it is. And dad each month would say, Dave, here, I've got the check. And he was, he was so old you could hardly recognize the writing. His, his hands were shaking so much. So he would write out that check. And he'd say, Dave, get, make sure the church has this. Even when they weren't attending because they couldn't attend. For the last year, they, they weren't here. Dad was maybe here once or twice. But he made sure that I had that check. Could bring it to the church. I, I, gotta, I have to tell you something. It's historically, in churches, this one included, the summer is the toughest time for the church. People are on vacation. They're not doing their thing. I don't understand it. You know what I'm saying? I don't understand it. Because suddenly now God's not God for the summer. He's God nine months out of the year. But in the summer, we have other gods. I don't get it. I, I, you know, you might have, you might have reasons. You might have, I, I don't know. I don't understand it. I just don't understand why the church has less in the summer. Well, people are, you know, people are out vacationing, so there's not as many people in the church. That's, how do we give nowadays? Come on. You make sure your mortgage is paid when you're on vacation. 
I'm sorry. I just, I just don't get it. I mean, there's no condemnation in that. I just don't get it. Maybe somebody can teach me. I have no revelation there. But my dad would make sure. He hadn't been here for months. But David here's, here's died, make sure. And he, then one year he gave me $1,000. And he said, Dave, I want you to take this to the church. My dad didn't have $1,000 that he could spare. He said, I want the church to be blessed. That's the heritage I have. That's the legacy I have. It's not a burden, it's a joy. The third thing is the tithe is not a shackle restricting us. It doesn't limit, it doesn't limit us financially. It's actually a key that unlocks us from the love of money and opens up territory of abundance for us. The 90% goes far, much farther than the 100% when we give the 10% to God. I can guarantee it. I could, I could, again, I could tell you story after story after story after story. But I want you to find out. I want you to experience it. That's why I'm talking about it. I want you to know what it is to have 90% of your income cover so much more than you were ever, ever able to do with 100% of your income. Test God in this. He's, 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 he's challenging us. And the last thing, oh, there's many more than this, but I'll just speak one more time. The tithe connected us to the house we gave it to. Do you hear me? Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And let's be honest, our finances are part of our treasure. They are. We need, how many of you don't need finances anymore? You've gotten so spiritual, you no longer need income. It is part of our treasure. And as we give that tithe into the house, we get linked to the house. Our heart comes into the house. And then we become an asset to the house. All right. So I guess the question is, are we willing to test God today? Are we willing to test God today? He wants to make a covenant with us, with every one of us in the house today. We've had some testimonies when I first spoke of this a few weeks ago. People that said, you know, we came back from covenant and we had just forgot. I, I understand it. Well, no, I, I really don't. But there's no condemnation there, I, you know? It's like, I get it, I don't understand it. Yeah, I don't know how that works, but it does. And those are great testimonies to me because people are waking up. There's a wake-up call that God is calling his church back to what it should be. It's not about what, what God, you know... It's such a get to and not a have to. So are we willing to do that? It is such a privilege. Such an honor. So with this, this revelation this morning, 
uh, we're going to receive our tithe. And we're going to receive an offering, and, and a specific offering this morning is our war chest offering. And our war chest offering is uh, to cover the traveling expenses for the Tulios, who are right now in the Philippines. And they are doing amazing work. They have, they have established a new uh, strategy for our schools, and we are now reaching into some of the biggest cities in the Philippines, up into the Manila and other, strat- other places in the Philippines. It's, a lot of it's online, some of it's in person. But I'm very excited about what's happening there. Uh, and they're right now doing that. And so we need to make sure that they're fed, that they're housed, and uh, that we get them back. Right? Get them back so they can uh, continue the work that they're doing there. So that's part of our war chest offering this morning. If, you'll, if you're giving to the war chest, come prepared for that. Then mark it specifically war chest. And you can put it into the war chest here. This morning, as we receive our regular tithes and offerings, there will be baskets that will be passed. They are not baskets for you to take money out of. They are baskets for you to put money in. If you really do need some, just turn to your neighbor and say, say I'll take some of that, please. Uh, but let's give with revelation this morning. Why are we doing this? Because he is Lord. Because it's our joy. Because we want connected the place where we worship and it provides for the needs so you get it okay all right so stand up with me I am going to bring a very brief word after this uh, of, of legacy that you, you, honestly I know it's 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 you know it's only 25 after 11 right now so we got a little bit of time, and I want to do it very quickly, but I, I think it's going to be so super powerful. It has just consumed me this morning. So I want to, I want to share it with you, okay? That'll be all right? Uh, so, but, but let's give our tithes and our offerings now. So, Father, we, we, if you do it by phone, I don't have my phone with me. It's over there. But we, we do it. It's automatic, but it's not automatic in my spirit. So raise up your phone. If you have a check, raise up your check, whatever you're going to do, whatever you're going to give with. Just raise it up and present it. It's, it's, you're offering something to the Lord. In your tithe, you're returning what belongs to him. And you do it with joy. If you're giving an offering, you just want to give abundant, you want to give more then, which is wonderful, then just, re, just give it as an offering to him. So Father, we, we do that now. We open our hearts to you. We know you have not made a law to us, but you have made a covenant with us that you so want to fulfill in our life. You so want to see us set free from the bondage of finances that don't work. So we, we trust you now. We hear that you are daring us to tithe. And so we respond now in your name of your son. Amen. All right, so you go ahead and be seated, and they'll, they'll give it. But unless, you want, unless you're going to give some war chest, you want to run it up here, you can do that. Give us, give us a little giving music back there.
Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for your generosity, for your patience with me this morning, receptivity of the word. Uh, the Sweeney's are in the house. So good to see you. Why don't you stand up? So good to have you home. Yeah, yeah. Home where you belong, right? For a day or two. Yeah. So, so good. God bless you guys. We love you and miss you so much. Yeah. Thanks for being here this morning. Old home week, this is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of these days, these people will get hold of the will of God and get back. <laughs> but we're don't you, don't, don't you do that. Don't you do that. We have a rebellious staff, by the way. I just want you to know. <laughs> no, we've done it. We've done it. <laughs> All right. Take the middle part out of that. Yeah. Raising up world changers. No sending out to Texas or wherever they go. All right. I want to look briefly at another aspect of legacy, legacy and follow up on something that Ryan uh, shared last week, which is so incredibly powerful. Um, again, get it. If you haven't heard it, get it on uh, YouTube. Uh, But he spoke on on the lasting power of a godly legacy that's available down through the generations that even even when generations following don't don't activate that legacy, it can be still activated generations later. And he talked about David uh, that as king, he left a legacy that was often for generations not received and not activated but then 13 generations later, there's a king that activates it. And it says that he, you know, he, he lived according to the, his father, David. So that was a legacy that was passed down from generation to generation to generation. Even when some of those generations did not activate it and did not live godly lives as kings. But then there was a king that rose up and activated that legacy. I, I love that. But I want, to, I want to kind of bring that down a little bit. I want to bring it into the here and now. I want to, I want to encourage us this morning, especially those who have, um, who have had children or grandchildren, loved ones, that have not activated the legacy you've handed down to them, the godly legacy that you worked diligently to pass on to them. And you're not seeing the fruit of that. Am I talking to anybody? And even on, online this morning, I think, I believe, that, that, that just, it is just the truth. It, we, you know, we say it differently. We call it, they went off the rails, make poor choices. They've rebelled against the values and principles that you modeled them for them. And 
You might say, well, I sure didn't do it perfectly. No, you absolutely did not. You did not and neither did I. But that's not what matters. It matters you did it. But there's two promises that Deborah and I have, have stood on as we've raised our kids and as we pray for our grandkids. And there are two verses. One is Proverbs 22, verse 6. Raise up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. It doesn't mean they won't have problems and that they won't have times of departure. Do you get it? Okay. Philippians 1, 6. Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Man, I've been reading that scripture all week and it resonates so strongly with me. I weep almost every time I read it. There's such a confidence that what God has begun in your child and your grandchildren, he will complete it. I'm absolutely confident, not based on my wishful thinking, but on the word of God, that God's legacy is a seed planted in our loved ones. That though it lay dormant (laughs) at times, it can be watered. It can be nurtured until it breaks ground and produces fruit once again. I'm confident of that. There is something. It's the seed of legacy that's in that child, in that grandchild, that just needs to be activated. I'm, I'm absolutely confident. I, I can't, let's bring it into today's language. It's like a, a virus on your computer, right? That lays dormant until a specific command is given and boom, it infects everything. That's how I see this thing that, we, that is planted in, God's, in people through godly parents or even later than that. I love what, what uh, Steve, 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 help me babe, Steve Fry. Steve Fry says, We are the fruit of an ancient prayer. We are the fruit of an ancient prayer. There's something in those kids that can be activated. So how do we water the seed of legacy in our loved ones? I'm just going to do this in just a few minutes. Ready? Love them until you love the rebellion out of them. And then love them again. I heard someone say, love them until you love the hell out of them. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that, but I heard somebody say that. I think it was my wife. <laughs> you see, criticism and judgment are not a fruit of the spirit. Some of you didn't catch that. Criticism and judgment is not a fruit of the spirit. And activating those things towards your kids and and, and grandkids is not going to work. It will not produce healthy fruit. It would only increase their resistance. Manipulation and control are not the weapons of our warfare. They are not. So love them. Love them by seeing what God sees in them. Knowing no one after the flesh. Even our kids. When all we can see is their flesh. Huh? Huh? When we see, we get so wrapped up in what they're not doing right 
and how they're not following after what you long to see them follow after, that that's all we see. No, we need to begin to see what God's doing in those lives. The spirit that's in them that can be ignited. So love them. Secondly, pray and intercede for them without ceasing. If there's anything that will draw you to your knees, it's watching your kids make bad choices and your grandkids make bad choices. We've all lived through it. So pray for them. Remember, we are the fruit of an ancient prayer. And I I really encourage you, I'm not going to say any more about that, but I encourage you to get Mark and Tammy's book. Uh, Tammy Hawkins, uh, Partnering with Heaven, Praying for Your Children. Really encourage you. And grandparents, this is an amazing, just a super tool. I heard them teach this on a Wednesday night years ago, and I said to them, you have to put this in a book. You have to. It will help parents and grandparents tremendously. So there's some in our bookstore, but you can also get it on Amazon, correct? Yeah. It's it's powerful. It's so practical. And uh, it gives you just ways to do that. Uh, and keep it fresh in you. So pray, intercede for them without ceasing. Third thing is declare God's promises over them every day. Declare God's promises over them. And one of the promises that we've just read this morning is that I'm confident of this one thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it. So let's practice this right now, okay? Let's practice this one. And when we say, I am confident that he who began a good work in you, then put the name of the person, the son or the grandson or the daughter or the granddaughter or even the great-granddaughter or grandson, put that name in there. Now, if they're in the house with you, don't say it out loud. No, I'm not joking. I'm not joking. You love them too much to put them on the spot that way. But if they're not, then you say their word. You You don't have to say it loud, but say it to where you hear it. Do you understand what I'm saying? So we're going to go, I'm confident that he who began a good work in you, Deborah, (laughs) will complete it all the way to when Jesus returns for you and put their name there again. Okay, here we go. I am confident that he who began a good work in you uh will complete it all the way to when Jesus returns for you. Give the name again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some people have a lot of names. It's okay. Declare those things. Declaration's important. It changes atmosphere. Words create worlds. So don't, don't fail to do that. And fourthly, just never give up. Just never give up. Just never give up. Because God doesn't. God hasn't given up on that son or that daughter or that grandchild. God hasn't given up on that loved one that you've prayed for for so long. God has not given up. You don't even understand. We don't even understand what God is doing in the background. I would say this. Don't try to rescue them. Help them when you can help them. But don't try to rescue them. Because God is working something in their life. And he knows how to do that. Hebrews 6.12 says, Do not be sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. 
The enemy is not scared of your faith if you don't have patience. Because he will just simply outlast you. He will bring such opposition to your children, your grandchildren, to yourself. That he will, he will cause you to back off. And as soon as you back off, he wins. But if you press in and have patience. And patience is active. It's not passive. It's active. And when you continue to do one day, the next day, the next day, the next day, the next day. You don't give up. And you have patience in your faith. You wear him out. Come on. Come on. You don't know what God is doing in the background. In, in just a moment, we're going to pray for the prodigals. Is that all right? Okay. Uh, minister, worship team, why don't you come on up? And did you get my note? Good girl. I love these guys. I just love them. It's amazing. I don't know if you know how much work goes into this. How much power. Well, they are just. I think they're the ones that God's going to let in the door first in heaven. He's going to say, no, 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 no. Here's, here's the special ones. Let them in. Give them special place. Years ago, I was. I heard a testimony from a friend of mine who was, had been to Cambodia. And it was right after they had this um, purge that millions of Cambodians were slaughtered. It's horrible. Kill, call it the killing fields of Cambodia. Just, just men, women, children, just slaughtered. And he was there not too long after that and he was, he was preaching about the love of God and how much God loved them and all of those things, the compassion of God, all that. And afterwards a man came up to me and said, I don't, I don't, I don't believe that. He said, I've served God all my life. I prayed for my brother. Prayed for him every day and he just didn't, he didn't understand God and he didn't give his life to God and I wondered what, never. And and I just kept trusting that God was gonna bring a breakthrough and then he was captured, thrown into a ditch that was a sewer and left there to die. He said, I saw him there, his lifeless body in that ditch of manure. And that's the only image. That's the only, that's the only. Can you turn that down just a little bit? That's the only image that I have. And I can't believe where was God? Where was he? And I don't think I can trust him anymore. And the man, uh, my friend said to him, would you, give, would you give God 24 hours? He said, what do you mean? I want, you to, I want you to allow God to change the picture, to change the picture in your studio. Give him 24 hours to change. Will you allow that? Will you do that? So we're going to pray right now. He said, we're going to pray. God, change the picture. Let him see what he couldn't see in the natural. So the man went home. Fell asleep, had a vision of his brother. 
before he died in that ditch. And he saw Jesus come. And begin to talk to that boy. And that boy embraced Jesus before his death. You don't know what God is doing, but he's doing something. He's the hound of heaven. He doesn't give up, even to the point of death. So don't give up. If you have a son or a daughter or a grandchild or even just a real special loved person in your life, just stand up. We're going to pray. And I want to pray in two ways. One, the first of all, that God grant us courage to never give up. We need to begin to activate that muscle of faith and the muscle of patience. So I'm going to ask God to give us strength in those areas to allow us to have different vision. That we won't be seeing that child for what they're doing wrong or where they should be. We begin to see how they're going to be. Where they're going to be when that legacy gets ignited in them. And you say, well, I didn't do a good job raising them. And I understand why my kids are off that way because I just didn't do it. Yes, but they still have the legacy of God because you're praying for them. God has left the legacy for them. So let's pray that first. Father, I pray for all of us that, that are standing in this room right now that you would grant a supernatural courage for one thing, to keep standing strength 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 to never give up and we ask Lord that you give us heavenly insight into what's going on in that son or that daughter that grandchild that person's life that we can pray and water that seed with our prayers that we pray from hope and not hopelessness That we pray from the place of knowing that you are working in them, not in a place of hoping you're working in them. Help us to stand in that place and to pray in faith and to never give up. So give us, Lord, vision. Give us insight. Let us see what you're doing or let at least let us see what what you see in them. Let us see what you see in them. In Jesus' name. And now, Lord, we call forth the prodigal. In Jesus' name. We call them from the north, the south, the east, the west. We call them from generations to come. We call them out of the generation of our children. We call them out now. Come on, with me. Come on, we call them out now in Jesus' name. We call them to come back. Come to the kingdom. Come into Jesus. To come into that legacy that God has for them. That destiny that God has for them. We call him out in Jesus' name to come. To come in Jesus' name. We call back every, every, every single one. And we declare, Lord, we will be those who see the miracle. We'll see the restoration. 
not just be ones who hear about them. For you have promised in your word. We are confident of this one thing. That you, who began a good work in that son, that daughter. Who began a good work in that grandson, that granddaughter. Who began a good work in that mom and that dad. We'll complete it. We stand on that right now. We stand on that. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Everybody standing, please. I want to invite anybody that... You know, you're the prodigal. You're the one who's gone off the rails. Who's just made poor choices. And you just... You just hearing this morning, you just long to be back in that right alignment with God. As we sing this song, I'm inviting you to come, come right down here. I want to pray with you. Ryan and I want to pray with you. Because God is, is just waiting for you. So you, you, just, you just need, you just know, I, I need to get in right alignment with God. So as we sing this, just, just take a step out come down. Would you do that? Here it is. Family. For my family, for my family, for my family. 
my family, for my family, for my family. Sing that again. testimonies that you can point back to this day and say that was the day that was the day yeah. 
Let me pray for you as we conclude this morning. Out of a prayer that is my life message. Ephesians chapter 3, it's Paul. Great apostolic prayer. It says, for this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You do know this is a family issue, don't you? (laughs) It's a family issue. From whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you being rooted, grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, the height. To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. In other words, you have to experience it. That you may be filled, listen to this, you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Wow. We get his DNA. Now I want you to lift your hands up to the Lord. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. And all of his people said, amen, amen, amen. As they say in Fiji, amen many. God bless you. Listen, wait for the testimonies. Don't give up. Wait for the testimony. God bless you so much. Ministry team, if you'll come forward, please. There are those, if you want prayer this morning, you want somebody to pray for you for physical needs, emotional situations, relational situations, they're here to pray for you. Please avail yourself of that. God bless you. There is lunch, lunch for everybody over in the over in the hangar, over near the hangar, over in that building somewhere. There's lunch. I'd love to see you there.